1: You can count on me, like one, two, three, I'll be there. And I know when I need it, I can count on you, like four, three, two, you'll be there.
2: That's- well, hello again, everybody out there in space
0: somewhere
2: it's raining in Arkansas do I rub that in <laughs> Are y'all, you're all you still hot and dry aren't you out there in LA uh, a bit dry yes <laughs> we're ready yeah. for
1: some rain <laughs> Bra- bring uh, well, some of that been rain raining over for
2: the past two or three days uh, not steady but on again and off again this is Elizabeth and Jake and Carl I think is going to be in and out and it's me God yeah, he's still checking in on us, and uh, we're checking in on you, too, because we need each other, don't we? Yes, Absolutely. we do. We need each other. Um, the time, I cannot, you know, here it is. Another week has already gone by, and I'm wondering, you young people out there over there, Zolene, you're in your 20s. Does the time go as quickly for you as it does for this older
0: person You know, I I think because time works on such a, like a, like a curve, I think the, the the more years that you've lived, the faster it feels like because that curve seems to be traveling at a much faster rate. It does. It really
2: does. And, um... They Percep- get because percept- people get more, they have more agendas yeah. to take, you know, to take care of. And because you have more things to do, the time goes by so quickly. Whereas a kid in school, they're sitting at that clock looking for 3 o'clock to come around and thinking it's never going to get there.
0: Oh, yeah. The time
2: well, is definitely passing longest, yeah. longest time definitely minute of my, my life is by. waiting
0: for the, the bell
2: to be over. <laughs> we, um, you know, last week I told you we had... Uh, Um, Some might think misfortune of having our car hit by another car, and it is probably going to be totaled, but you know what, it was an older car, so maybe, you know, maybe nothing. God knows what He's doing, and I guess it's time for us to get something a little bit less miles and a little bit uh, less work to be done on it in the future. He knows what I don't know, and so He does things like that to help take care of the situation. The other thing is that, uh, the job situation, uh, looks like I've got another month and they'll be closed. They're going to start moving patients tomorrow even. Uh, they're going to close our nursing home down and, uh, build a new one eventually. But for right now, my job is going to, if I want it, go down to once every other week end and only two days every other week. And, you know, I think that maybe got it telling me, do this, in the sense that I need to back down even more. But that's a walk on water. Boy, is it ever. Anybody else out there walking on water when it comes to financial? Um, God help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord! You, you're still multiplying things, aren't you?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yes, he is. So it's going to be a walk on the water and see what's going to happen within the next uh, month or so. Next week already. I started the project in February, and here it is. Next week, we will be having that John 316 event, the gathering of believers over the Clarksville Fairgrounds. Um, that's next week. Wow. I made three big signs. I put them on sheets, and I used paint, but I also used uh, markers and things. Well, the, the paint is not running away, but the, the air where I did not use permanent markers, some of my letters are disappearing, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> It's a walk on the water again. Uh, We're going to be continuing our discussion on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For those who want to live a Spirit-filled manifestation of His gifts in your daily life, where you're walking and talking with God in your daily life, then there are the gifts that we've been talking about that are so very important. I started it off with the gift of faith and how important it was at love. Well, anyway, faith and love. If you do not have the faith and do not believe, then, well, you can't get out the door there, can you? And if you do not have love, there's another step you can't take. Uh, So faith and love are the first two. And then I believe we talked about wisdom and knowledge. And today we're going to talk about discernment. Now, discernment is this special knowing And sensing of what is wrong, or if you are dealing with evil, or if it's just uh, too many times people give credit where credit does not need to go. Remember that show, I forget which it is, that where a black comedian goes, the devil made me do it. Remember that one? It's a long time ago. I doubt if you do. uh, Well,
3: this is Carl. I can't remember. I'm not quite sure. Was it Sanford and Son? I don't know.
2: No, it wasn't Sanford and Son. In fact, he, he would play the female character, I thought. Uh, oh,
3: Flip Wilson. He would do Flip different Wilson. characters. Flip Wilson.
2: Yes, Flip Wilson. Yeah. That's it. That's okay. the one. And he would make that comment about the devil made me do it. And there's a lot of people out there who will use that, you know, oh, uh, they do something they know they shouldn't be doing they'll say, oh, the devil made me do it. And that is wrong in the sense that the devil can't make you do anything. You have your free will, and you're in control of it, and so you have your choices. And, in fact, the one story about Job and how he goes and really does a number on Job, he had to get permission first to go. And mess in Job's life, and that's the same way it is with him uh, with us in our lives. We literally give him permission to uh, mess in our life, and that's by giving into temptation or giving into our human emotions and let, uh, you know, let them get out of control because we just don't care how mad we are. I don't know how many times I've heard this remark. I am who I am. Or um, if you don't like it, too bad. I, you know, this is me. Uh, this is the person I am. And if you don't like the way I act, well, you know, too bad. And it's like we just we quit even trying to live a better life because we're. I guess, Are we too frustrated? Maybe so. Maybe we just feel like I can't do it. I can't be a better person. I am this person. And, and that may be very true. We, we may be too hurt and too wounded, and therefore we don't know that we can be given the power and the grace to change if we want to change. Uh, case in point, I had the honor and blessing of being asked to uh do the funeral, not the funeral service, but the the rosary service, and I... Before the funeral, uh, father was uh, double-booked, so to speak, and so I ended up being approached about leading the rosary. And so but even before the service began, there was somebody at the, uh, this father, uh, it was his son, uh, that was just crying and crying and talking to his dad and saying, Dad, I'm sorry, I disappointed you real bad, I know, and so forth and so on. And I was comforting him and I was trying to get him to say, well, now you can, you can, you know, you can show dad that you're going to do better now. And you realize now that you shouldn't have been, you know, that you should, uh, you were making mistakes and stuff. So now you're going to do better. But he seemed like that no matter what I said, that he was, no, 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 you know, it, it was like he was controlled by this, uh, spirit of defeat, being defeated or just, I'm, I'm, I just can't do it. But uh, I was telling, I was reassuring them. Yes, you can. That you know, you can have that help that you need. But you know, sometimes people are just convinced that they, they're you know, not any. They, no matter what they do, they can't be any better than, and they'll be forever trapped in this world that they're in. And that's sad, isn't it? So let's get back to talking. About, and that's it. That's it. The devil works in your mind. That's his battleground. And if he can convince you of something then it's really, it really takes a great act of God and you're cooperating with God to really undo the damage that's been done in your life. And you've got to want it. You've got to want to undo the damage that's been done in your life. I'm going to tell you a story. First of all, if, I, I don't know. There are people out there who do not believe that there is a devil. Well, first of all, I guess if you don't believe in there's a God, you don't believe there's a devil, do you? And the discernment is a gift that you need to know how to tell when he's running around and getting, trying to come into your life. But um, if you do not believe in God, then you're not going to believe in evil. And so, well, you know what? I, uh, I guess your world's going to be a bland world or something, because what's going to happen is you're no, uh, you're not a threat to the devil. He's already got your soul on his list. And your eternity, then, is what you may think it is. If I've heard some people that have uh, been talking to me, and they think their eternity is just going back somewhere out in space and a peaceful world floating around, colliding amongst maybe amongst other pulses of energy, and just being out there again and going back into the environment. Uh, but that's... I'm sorry, but your eternity is not going to be this place of peaceful floating or peaceful sleeping. What you're going to be entering into is a place of no love, no hope, just nothing, forever nothing, because what you believe is. And so if this is what you're believing, then that's what you're headed for, is this nothing world, this void, uh, this immense space out there that's a blackness, a whole body. And your spirit will be trapped forever in that void and there, there's nowhere out. So if you look around right now, those, remember how we talked on one show, it says heaven starts now, hell starts now, and this place we call purgatory is also here on earth. But these things start now. And if you look around at people in life that are addicted, really addicted, are people who are mentally ill and full of despair and sadness, uh, the, the look they have on their face. You know what I'm talking about, right, guys?
3: Yeah, yeah, sure. But, I mean, it's very haunt, yeah. haunted, sad, um, you know, they just, yeah, not, no peace.
2: Yes. And so this is the type of pe- world that you're going to be sharing with the people that are like you who didn't really believe here on this earth. There's, you're just going to be those zombies that they're talking about. There's no hope, no life, no peace and joy. There's no love. It's a nothing world, and it's forever, forever. But then there are also others who do believe in God, and they don't believe. There are really some people out there who do not believe in evil or the devil, But I want to ask them, what world have you been living in? Haven't you looked around you and seen what is going on, and you don't believe there's evil or the devil running around, doing his best to cause trouble? So just the the next thing I want to ask about is how powerful do you think the devil is? Any comments?
3: How powerful do you think he is? I think that... Powerful, powerful. Yeah, yeah, powerful, yeah. Um, I I, I think that... uh, he has power to those to, to, over those that don't believe. In uh, like, the, there's a saying that uh, the greatest victory the devil ever won is convincing man to believe that he doesn't exist. And um, and so, yeah, the devil has plenty of power to create evil in the world um, and and over people that don't put enough trust or faith or positive uh, investment in 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 being a follower of God and Jesus and. Uh, I think that, um, the, but if you but if you have God on your side, if you're a true believer, then I don't believe the devil has much power at all, because and and, and I find as time has moved on, over the, the all the things that I went through in the last ten years and especially the last year, uh, all sorts of trials, I uh, have learned time and again that it's, that I, I I almost never even get the thought anymore. Of despairing or getting angry at God if something goes wrong or whatever, because I know, uh oh no, the solution is going to come around the corner.
2: To anything. That's right. Uh, you're right about that. It, he's only powerful in that the power that we give him by the what we believe about him. Again, uh, God is only as powerful too, in what you believe about God. You limit Him in your belief. If you do not believe he's almighty and can do all things and and do, and do is faithful in his promises, if you do not believe that, you have limited him. The same is true with the devil in the sense that what you believe about him and what you have seen incorrectly portrayed wrongly in the movies uh it may, and you, there's so many movies out there that have made him look like this horrible, terrible, uh you know, he, he can just with a flip or something can call, uh, knock you down and, and uh, you know, just terrible, just like a Godzilla. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: but this is portrayed wrongly in that, again, his power is only what we allow him to be power you know, how strong he is going to be in your life. Uh, he's. Uh, I read this somewhere, and I like it. I like the, the way to think about it. He's nothing but a cockroach. In that, he avoids the light and waits in the darkness for the light to go out, and then he comes. And this is true. In our life, he's waiting. He's waiting. That Jesus said that in, when he told him to draw away and pray, lest you be tempted. And he said the devil is just waiting to sit you. And so you just need to realize that, that you need to put, there's another thing that speaks about um, the full armor of God, and I was thinking about that today as I was preparing for this show, and I'm realizing that, oh, every day I need to be putting on this full armor of God mentally and spiritually, making it a, a point of doing this, because of the fact that my whole day is going to be better or it's going to be messed up by what I do and how I give in to the little bitty temptations. Case in point today, and this is how we just do not see how the little bitty cracks <laughs> that uh, we're being tempted with. Case in point today, I was helping out with the funeral dinner. We, you know, most t- churches... Uh, Prepare a dinner for the family so that after the funeral, they can come back and have a meal. Well, I was helping with that, and they were serving uh, fried chicken and coleslaw and baked beans and desserts. And I am supposed to not be eating anything that's got loaded with sugar. And you'd think, oh, the desserts. Okay, she's not supposed to be eating that. Wrong. The coleslaw, which was delicious, had sugar content and fat content in it from the mayonnaise. The baked beans definitely had brown sugar in it, was sweet and delicious. And then the fried chicken—of course, everybody knows the fatty fried chicken—you're not supposed to be having, especially when you've got a triglyceride level that I have. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, I'm—you know—after we get served the people, and immediately, you know, you oh, I'm hungry. And instead of thinking in terms of well, be careful what you eat and only eat what you're supposed to eat, you just you know you uh, it, there was something about the fact that a I served a funeral you know uh, uh, helped out with uh, doing the work of the Lord therefore I should be rewarded Do <laughs> you see how the way we rationalize things do you understand what I'm saying here guys yeah sure we ra- you know, and and obesity is one of the biggest problems in the Christian world yep. is it not.
3: Oh, absolutely! I know
2: firsthand. And so, therefore, we the Christians need to recognize that the devil is the slyest little liar, and that he will make up. Uh, what? It's not going to hurt you to have this little bit of food. It's not going to hurt if you enjoyed it. I mean, you're supposed you're at a church function. You're supposed to enjoy the food. And so he does, he will say that. Well, I did overeat when it came to the sugar content, and, yes, I had a cookie or two, and, I, yes, I did eat a piece of that lemon cake. Boy, that was good. And so how what happened in the two hours down the road? i my like, God, oh, I don't feel good. I'm so bloated because I ate wheat, and it just blows me up. And I wasn't feeling good, and I was feeling lousy, and, you know, all of a sudden it hit me. Well, of course you're feeling lousy. Look what you did. And that's the way it is. He comes in sly, sly, and you don't even realize that you're, you know, it's, I didn't see that food as poison, but I'm telling you what, it is poison if you're not supposed to be eating, A, if you're not hungry. You're still, you shouldn't be eating if you're not hungry, especially if you're overweight. And, B, if you are supposed to be avoiding sugars and fats, and in my case, wheats, then it's definitely a poison for me. And it will make me sick if I let, you know, if I just forget about it and just, I don't care. I'm going to eat it anyhow. So let's think about some other ways in which we can think in terms, and you can be thinking about this and you jump in anytime you want to, in the little ways. Oh, the shows. Uh, I feel sorry for you, Carl. I really do. The television shows and the movies and how is, how much has society been lulled into thinking that, oh, it's all right to have this. It's entertainment. And we're seeing stuff on television now that should never be seen on television or at the movies. Sure. Right?
3: Yeah. What's
2: I know th- I'm right.
3: Oh, no, yeah, So see, yeah. So I, it is, it's a um, uh, slow, uh, it's slow progression of, you know, get used to this for a while, then you're used to that for a while, then suddenly you're looking at something... Ten times worse than yeah. the first
2: time around. You know, yeah. That's right, exactly. How, you, and it's the same with a, a, an addict doesn't start out with hard cocaine. An yeah. addict starts out with just maybe the hydrocodone or something or another that they take for pleasure. And then little by little, that's not satisfying them. We need more. Same way with an alcohol alcoholic. And it's the same way also with the addiction of our video games, the addiction of movies and television. And we're not, you know, that's like you said, we become bored with what is, and we want more. And so in that way, the crack came in through the crack, and if you give them permission, if you say, hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that, and how many people are saying that out there? There is nothing wrong with this show or that show. And I'm even having some of my favorite shows. I'm starting to look at, you know, I don't approve of some of the, the uh, like, case in point, I love The Good Wife. I love the storyline. But there's some pretty racy scenes on there. Mm. And then there's Infidelity, that's always been a bad thing about it uh, in the background of the storyline. And so I'm looking at that, too, and I'm going, well, Lord, maybe I need to think twice. The other thing that I'm really starting to think twice about, and I probably will go off of it, and that's Facebook. Because of the fact that the technology that Facebook allows somebody to come in and get your identity, somebody to come in if you're not careful and if you're posting things on there, your whole life can be looked at by somebody if they want to. Do you know people are actually looking at Facebook when they're doing a credit check on you when they're doing a job to see if you're somebody they want to hire? Did you know that? I knew
3: about some things. I didn't know about credit check, but I knew for hiring
2: for Credit checks, too. If they're going to be looking at you and your habits and if you're a good uh, risk for credit, they're going to be looking at Facebook. I realize that that's a good source to go to, especially if you're uh, naive about posting things on there that sh- you shouldn't even be posting. And the same thing with children. Uh, there are people who will, you know, you're putting pictures of your kids up and tagging them with their names, and therefore somebody can go to their school. They know where they are at their school and so forth, and they can call them by name and makes it easier for them to abduct. This technology, and it's not just Facebook, there's a lot of other things, is being used by the devil to get people who are <laughs> bad to begin with to give them an extra tool to accomplish what they want. And so, You know, there's so much web crime going on that uh, the more I read about it, the more I oh, this is, you know, the conning, the scamming, and the um, even using it to, for the porn and the sites where people can go. And uh, it's just sad, really, really sad how much evil is going on through this technology. And the, the key thing that you need to think about, activism, the fact that to be a part of this technology, you have to have a number, do you not? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you do. All right. And nobody's even looking at it like that. Nobody's even thinking about oh it's bad. I I remember reading and I don't know if it was uh Harvey, Paul Harvey, I think it may have been him. He had so much wisdom that man did, where he talked about the television set and how it was a visitor into our house and how we really liked it. And we enjoyed it and we were so glad to have it and we gave it front sta you know, center stage in our life. And little by little, this visitor became obnoxious and was cussing and saying things and showing things that we didn't approve of. And did we get rid of them? No. We we let them stay. Or we, you know, we let them stay. And this, it just has been, that's what I was talking about, how gradually it has gotten to be where so much is coming into your life. And I am horrified at the fact that so many parents are sitting there watching a television show with their kids that they should not be watching or, you know, even be allowing their kids to be watching with them because it says, I approve of this. Like how many of the sitcoms right now have disrespectful kids? Uh, Two and a half, man. God help us. (laughs) But they have, and there's the Simmons. You know, a long, long time ago uh, when the Simmons first came out, I never did like that show because that kid was so bratty. Now, what was his name? Are you still on the show, too? Uh, but anyhow, I never liked him, the, the one with his butterfingers. And because he was such a disrespectful child. And there's a lot of shows that have a disrespectful kids on right now, and the moms and the dads are made to look like dummy nobodies. And that, again, is just exactly what the devil would like for you to see. They want you to, He wants the, one of the things he hates the most is the family because he knows. If the family is strong, then the whole you know it goes on for generations. You're going to have goodness going from that family. But if you tear the family apart and you don't have that stability that you need to have in your life, it affects that we've been talking about this. It affects the, your emotional balance all the way into adulthood, and it keeps rippling effect. You pass it on, you pass it on. You're either going to pass on what is good and wonderful. And faith and trust, Are you're going to pass on insecurities and anger and bitterness and resentment and all these other emotions. So again, this is how, in the little bitty ways, don't look like a powerful big old Godzilla coming into your house. It's like that one scripture says, if you knew when the thief was coming, you'd be on guard, wouldn't you? But if you don't know, you never know when that thief is coming in, and that's what he is. He's a thief. He's come comes, you know, he wants to steal your happiness and your peace, and so you have to be on guard. Okay, I'm going to start telling you a discernment and how you need discernment. And we're also going to talk about the full armor, too, because I told you uh, to make, to make a more of an effort to put on the full armor. Uh the full armor of God, let's see, any of your Bible people out there, can you name me one of the full armors or the armor that is mentioned in Ephesians 6?
0: Anybody? Ephesians 6? Okay, okay, uh, Google it real fast. You can cheat if you want to. <laughs> no,
1: uh, Anyhow,
2: okay. put on the full armor of God, it's verse 13, that you're able to resist on the evil day and have nothing, and have done everything to hold your ground. To stand fast with your loins girded in truth, because he is the biggest liar you ever going to come across. You've got to know what is true, and you're clothed with righteousness. You have got to desire and want to be a righteous person, somebody who, who is walking hand in hand with God. Uh, And knowing the truth, you'll be able to walk in this righteousness, and the righteousness is your breastplate. And your feet is the readiness to go around spreading the gospel of peace. Well, spreading the gospel of peace, all it is, is going around and telling good news. Hey, you're doing good. How are you doing today? I appreciate what you're doing for me. I like your smile. Saying positive things to people. Whoever you meet, wherever you go, say something positive to them. And that's being spreading the gospel of good news and the gospel of peace. And if that's your purpose every day that you start out is, I going to make a difference in this world in little ways just by simply making sure that every person I meet, I'm going to be good. You know, say something to make them feel good about themselves. And all circumstances hold faith as a shield. You have to hold up that I believe in an almighty God who can do all things and through him and with him and in him I can do all things. You have to have that type of faith and you need to know all that God's promised so that you can call on those promises too. And do, you know, you know just know how to what to expect and what to counteract any efforts of uh, coming against you. And so this will come against you. And in all circumstances, hold faith as a shield. And then the biggest thing, oh, take on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is to, uh, that you have given and surrendered your life and ask God to take control and be control of your life and the Holy Spirit. This is your salvation. I believe. That's, uh, there it go again, I believe. And I believe in the one Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and God the Father. But the most important thing that you're going to have to have ready is a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. There is absolute, total power in the word of God, and any time that you speak that word, uh, speak the word of God when you're having problems. Instead of saying oh, and griping and grumbling, speak something that you know has come from the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. Simple enough. Everybody knows the first verse of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So when anxiety comes your way, speak it out. Hey, do not be vexed. You know, learn those little things that you can use. That's the sword of God, and it will send the negativity away from you. And the other thing that will send negativity away from you is to redirect and get busy doing something good. When you're feeling down and discouraged, you're depressed, whatever. Lonely, go do something that is good, whether it's to take a walk, whether it's to go uh, call somebody on the phone and check in on them, uh, or go visit a friend, or do something. And no, don't turn on the television and watch some dumb, stupid show, no, <laughs> especially exactly. if it's not of God. So, but uh, the turn on good music, though, and do some stupid dancing or silly dancing, but do something another that you redirect yourself from the negativity over to the positivity yeah, um, to the other thing is the singing the saying out loud the word of God the prayers the actions of love okay all those things I've gone over um, if I, I'm going to give you some stories of actual experiences that God has allowed me to have in my life with the devil uh, dealing with the devil um, I'm trying to think back when the very first one was uh, I think it was... Okay, yeah. Back up in Ohio, we were... My sister-in-law, Linda, and her family were living with us for a while. We had a basement, in the, and they were down in the basement. They, we'd fix up the, the basement for them, and the, the girls and the boys were sleeping with our kids. Um, and we had a prayer meeting one night, and a, a dear, dear friend of mine... Uh, dear, dear friend of mine. I'll, I'll call him... Uh, my, well, I had, well, his name is Paul. And uh, he was such a good friend. The kids were even wondering if Mama was having an affair with him. But what, what made that funny was the fact that this friend was gay. And uh, so... <laughs> He was a good friend. He had come into our life because he loved birds and pigeons, and my husband raised pigeons. And he saw the pigeons flying, and he lived about four blocks away. And so he found out who was flying pigeons around because he, he too, had pigeons that he was uh, flying. So we became good friends, and he would drop in and see us every now and then. And he happened to drop in one night when we were having a prayer meeting at our house, and he asked for prayer because his knee was bothering him real bad. And so, Paul also had a lot of anger issues with his dad, and so we were praying with him for healing of the knee. But we were addressing that the fact—I'm sure we were addressing the fact—that he need, you know, you need forgiveness and you need understanding about why it is you may be having uh, this arthritic problem, and forgive and uh, need to recognize anything that's in you that's negative that's causing your illness. And so the next day, then my sister in law comes up and she says, "Ah, I don't know. I just, I sense there's something down there in the basement. I don't know what it is, but I just sense there's something evil down here." I says, "Okay." So I get my Bible, I get the holy water, I get the crucifix, and a candle, and we go down to the basement. And I says, "Well, Lord, if there's something down here that is not of you." That's the evil spirit, uh, please tell us. So we started to pray, and I said, okay, did anybody get a scripture? And Linda says, yeah, I got, I think it's, I'm going to look it up right quick. It said Mark, Mark 1. And I go, like, oh, Mark 1? What the heck is in Mark 1 that has to do with evil spirits? I was beginning to think uh, there wasn't anything going on. But Mark 1, verse 21, is the cure of a demon, a person that had the demon in them. As soon as I saw that, because Jesus rebuked him and said, quiet, come out of him. As soon as I saw that, I said, all right, and jumped up and got the holy water and sprinkled that basement down good. In the name of Jesus, I loosen you and bind and rebuke you and send you away and get out of here. (laughs) And that's all I prayed. That's how I prayed. But I used the holy water and my crucifix and the candle too. all these blessed items. This is what I was taught and trained as you uh, as part of the tools that we had, the sacraments of the church, sacramentals as they call them, and the, that the devil can't stand holy water. And I know from experience he can't. <laughs> so anyhow, um, that we didn't have any more problems with that particular. She said it did the whatever was there, it was gone. She didn't, you know, she didn't sense it anymore. And the same thing that we had a problem with. One time, we lived. My husband and I' bedroom was upstairs. And one night, uh, he was being ugly, and and then he wanted to get lovey dovey, and I'm going, "No, you, you know, you've been angry with me, and now you haven't apologized." And I said, "No, we're not going there." And then he started to get really ugly with me. Then I'm going, "What the heck?" And so I went downstairs, and he come chasing after me. And Linda happened to be living there at the time, and she says, "What is going on here?" And so the next day, I went upstairs and I said, all right, Lord, what's going on? And why is it that he got so ugly and hateful that quick? And I went looking in the closet and I found one of those nice little uh, pornographic, uh, like Playboy, but one of those books, magazines. And I said, well, that explains that. So I took it and I threw it in the trash can And the refrigerator, the trash can was about a foot away from the refrigerator. And I threw it in the trash can. But as soon as I threw it in the trash can, I got shocked. It came from the refrigerator. And I said, you're right, Lauren. I said, I need to get this out of the house completely, totally out of here. And so that's, you know, that's another form that you might think, ah, there's nothing wrong with looking at these pictures. There is things that you know. That's the crack. You're letting the devil in. You're giving him permission to come into your life. And there are those dear, dear, sweet, wonderful people who are addicted to porn, terribly addicted to it, and they lead and leads them into other uh, areas of evil, whether it's rape or pedophiles. You know, there's just so many. You let the crack in when you say this is okay. I can do that. It's not going to hurt nothing. But you need to stop and think about that. The other experience I had down in Pensacola when we were at a week-long prayer group, uh, school, uh, a religious school, and we were uh, the women were staying in the house, giving free housing, and the men had another house. But anyhow, we women were having a prayer meeting that night and praying for everybody. There was one woman who was as sweet as she could be. You would just is so sweet, but she came from uh New Orleans, Louisiana area. And that particular... She was not in with the prayer group. She was gone. To, she went to bed. She had gone to bed. And we had been praying for people, and at one point... And there's a scripture that talks about the devil uh, going around like a roaring lion. And uh at one point... I heard a roar, I mean an actual roar. And I go, what? And so I, did, I just ignored it and didn't say anything, and we kept praying. We kept having our prayer meeting, and then I heard it again coming from the back room there. And I said, is anybody else besides me hearing a roar? And five women held their hand up and yes, we're hearing it too. And I said, Lord, what, what is this all about? And he says, so you will know what to do and how to handle it i said okay and so we went back into the room she was the only one in the house that was not a part of the group went back into the room and uh knelt by her bed and i said uh so and so do you know why we're here for and she says oh yeah you come to chase the demons out of me i mean immediately she said it like that you come to chase the demons out of me and so we did what god had been teaching us how to do and uh Again, I had holy water and a candle and a crucifix. But in the name of Jesus, by the power of your blood and the authority of your word, we loosen from you, bind and rebuke and cast away from you any and all spirits that are not of God. Now, I also say this prayer for strong, negative human spirits that try to control you. Anger, hate, bitterness, resentment, you know, any kind of jealousy, lust, anything like that that is a human spirit. God has taught me there's three different spirits, the Holy Spirit, the human spirit, and the evil spirit. And there's so many times that your human spirits are controlling you to the point that you are destroying yourself. Maybe um, so anyhow, so we prayed that prayer, and then I learned a really very important lesson. I made a mistake. I said, Instead of loosening him, binding, rebuking, and casting away, I said, I'm just making you deaf, blind, and dumb, so you have to watch. And uh, I said, whenever people are at church or something like that, you have to see them praising God. And I said something like that. Well, do you know, for a month after that, I could not. When I was at Mass, at the consecration time, I would start coughing so much, I had to leave. And I knew what was going on. I asked the priest to pray for me. I asked some good friends to pray for me. But it didn't seem like anybody, uh, somebody prayed for me and said that she felt like it was allergies. Uh, But it wasn't until I was driving home one night, I knew that it was so obvious that the reason why I would start coughing only at the consecration of the Mass. That this was the Spirit had attached itself to me. And so... One night I was driving home, and I hadn't had enough of it, and I took full authority over it. And I told him, now, you're just going to have to get out of here. In the name of Jesus, again, I loosen you, bind and rebuke, and cast you away from here. And as soon as I told the sucker to get out of here, my tire blew out on my car. It was nighttime, and it went, just like that. And I went, oh, okay. So I pulled off the road. Two men stopped to help me to change it, and when we got to get a spare tire out instead of one of those little bitty rubber things, there was a brand new tire in there waiting for me. And I said, alright, thank you, Lord. This is one of these cases where whatever the devil steals, the Lord will give you back a hundredfold. So whenever something happens to you, don't get angry because you, something was stolen, burnt, or whatever. You're gonna get it back a hundredfold. Uh, another story was, I think I've told this one, Where Sarah, my daughter, was rebellious. And I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've told this one where, and and we just blessed the lemonade and asked God to use it as a vessel of his love. And as soon as she drank that lemonade, she came within minutes to the house telling me, Mommy, I'm sorry, and hugging on me and loving me. Um, The, that, I think that the, I do know I have had the experiences. Of dealing directly with having to get rid of an evil spirit. Oh, in our there was two other times, and both of them uh had to do with uh, the rosary and the Blessed Mother um, in our life. The Lord has taught me through Revelations chapter twelve that the Blessed Mother is a powerful prayer partner. The devil cannot stand her. He tried to destroy her in Revelations chapter twelve. And he, when he found he could not touch her, he then pursued her children, the children, the uh, chosen ones of God. That's the way it's worded, something like that. So anyhow, we had visited a friend who was terribly, terribly depressed and uh, had a lot of mental problems and he was in a new age church. Mm-hmm. And that was the night that uh, when we came back home and we realized a spirit of some sort had followed us. And we were praying, and I got the holy water out and sprinkled it. And uh, I saw a cockroach come out from underneath the chair and killed the sucker. And I also turned around and looked at the statue of this Blessed Mother that I brought home from Medjugorje. And there was uh, the holy water had hit her face. It looked like she was had teardrops in her face. And I said, "Yes, I know." I said, "I'm sorry. I'll never do that to you again." Because we had taken the statue over to this man's house because he loves. There's a uh, church out there uh, that the angel is something to do with the light, and there's a scripture that talks about in Corinthians about the uh, the devil being an angel of light. He wants to look like he's somebody good, but he is not, and that's what he also does is makes his temptations look like they're good, but the truth of it, it's a lie, and they're not. But anyhow, the. Uh, we had taken the statue over there because we'd gone to Medjugorje and this man was really, really interested in hearing about our trip to Medjugorje. Um, the other time when I, we had moved back to my parents' house after Daddy had died. Now, my in my Daddy's house, my grandfather had cancer and he died in one of the bedrooms. My great-grand-uncle, uh, a great-uncle, was there to stay with us because he no longer could stay by himself at home. This is how wonderful my parents are. We have three small bedrooms, and twice the boys go to the couch, and they take in the the family member that needs to be taken care of. My great-uncle Peter died in the bathroom one night of a stroke. Just boom, he was gone. And there was many of the stories about how some, you know, when people or uh, the family would be home or something other, they said, man, I felt like their spirits were around because somebody sat on, on me while I was in the rocking chair one night. And, and anyhow, there was multiple stories about that they sensed that uh, Uncle Peter was around or Grandpa was around one or the other. Well, after we had moved back home, Daddy, too, had had a spirit of grief real bad after mom died. And, uh, so I had all of a sudden wondered if they should, we, that the house should be blessed because his grief was so strong. But when we moved back home, one of the first nights that we were there, we were saying the rosary. And my husband said, and I felt it. And he said, I think there's something here beside me. And I said, yes, I know, I'm sensing there's something, I, I don't know what it is, but there's a spirit in this room. And so I started talking to the spirit and telling it that, you know, God loves you, and you need to go on and don't be hanging around. And I don't believe it was an evil spirit. At that particular time, I think it was just a spirit of someone who had died. It could have been Daddy, it could have been Grandpa, or it could have been Great Uncle Peter, and they just didn't feel worthy to be able to go on and and to be with God. And so when I and finally I said, now again I loosen you, I bind and rebuke you, but I tell you you must go on and you must find God. He's forgiven you, go on. And as soon as I said those words, a uh, window in the back bedroom slammed real hard. I mean, it was boom. And it made Bob and I both jump, but it was so obvious that they left. Whatever it was, they left. And we never had any more problems with that again either. So you do have these things. There are spirits that are around. And you need to have that gift of discernment. If you are going to be doing the work of Lord in healing, inner healing, you have to have that knowledge, and that comes with the gift of discernment. It's a special gift that's not given to everybody, but only those that are in needing it. Um, and the other thing, the oh, I was going to tell you there are you know the shows they have you know you had your movies about exorcisms and everything. One of the most important things it is when you're when you, if you're sensing that you're being harassed or that something's around that you don't really feel evil around, ignore it as if it's not there. Don't give it attention. Don't acknowledge it. And just do what I said before. Start quoting scripture. Start singing uh, some beautiful songs. Start doing something of it that's good, a direction of goodness. Go in the opposite of direction of evil into doing something that's good. Because if you do pay attention to it and acknowledge it, well, hey, yeah, I'm going to stay around some more. I'm getting the attention I'm wanting. Do you understand what I'm saying here, guys?
0: Yes. Yes, I do.
2: Yeah, okay. So if, um, you have to, if you feel like, if you're down and weary, if you are too much so, uh, if you're really down and weary and depressed and you're, God, I can't get, you know, I can't shake this. It's time to do some action that's going in the positive direction and ignoring what is negative and don't let, it, don't claim it and don't say that, oh, I'm always going to be this way. That's giving the power to that negative feeling or spirit. And that's exactly what you do not want. You don't want to give that power to the negative feeling, whether it's human spirit or whether it is the evil spirit. How do else do you give permission to the evil spirits? And there's people out there, I'm sure, that are not going to agree with me on that. But one of them is the Ouija board. Yes. And it's a, Yeah. And it's simply because you're entering into the spirit world. And so you don't want to do that. You just can't go out there. Let's go see what spirits we can find out here. You don't know what you're asking. <laughs> you don't know what door you're opening there. You just don't. And seances the same thing. Seances don't be going to no fortune teller or seance of the. I'm trying to think of the tarot cards. These are areas that if you're going and even. Um, people that are into the horoscopes and believing that this is going to give me my message for today that this is I should watch out for this or that or something like that, again, you're giving permission to another spirit other than the Holy Spirit to be a part of your life. And you really don't want to do that. You really don't want to do that. And why, I'm going to go back to case in point what I said about my own life today, I gave permission to the spirit of the flesh. I guess I'm going to have to call it gluttony, uh, but it's a spirit that says, ah, it don't matter. But it did matter. And if you give in in the little bitty ways, it don't matter. It's just going to get more and more like the heavy pounds of fat on your body until you've got like tar covering you. And you're having a hard time seeing the light of goodness because you've got so much darkness over you. I know you know what I'm talking about. I do. I do. Yeah. That's why there's so many sad people out there. They do not know the joy and the love of this awesome, wonderful source of pure light and love, which is God. And they don't, you know, they don't want it or they don't want to seek it because they're thinking that their happiness and their peace and joy is going to come from materials, possessions, from fame, from entertainment, from excitement. And all of it is just a lie and that it makes you feel good and it'll make you feel bad. And the next, you know, you're digging a hole. And you're getting so down deep in it that you do at one point feel like, I can't get out. Mm -hmm. And that's what an addict truly knows, that I can't get out. Well, the good news is, is you're right. You cannot get out but you have been given the power and the knowledge of knowing a wonderful God of love who, if you say help, will instantly come and give you the help you need. There are so many, many stories out there of people who were very, very badly addicted. But when they surrendered their life to God, they were able to be set free and be free of sickness. The miracles came into their life when they sought the healing power of God. And that's what we need to do if we are down and feeling like, I can't. You're right, you can't. You cannot. Humanly, It is impossible. It's like the example of a rich man who's being told, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, go sell all you have and give it to the poor. And he's going, oh, what? But the reason why he was told that, because God knew how much influence that his riches had on his life. Now, there's a lot of rich people out there who are serving the Lord and still staying rich, but only because they're using their money for the power, you know, for the glory of God, and they're not letting their money control them. But this man's money had controlled them, and God knew that as long as you were so into that money and owning all those possessions, then you could not enter into the true oneness with God, because you were still being controlled over here by this. So, then he said something about it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And what he meant by that is there is a, the gates that enter into the city of Jerusalem. There are certain gates called the eye of the needle, where camels laden down with all this stuff that they're bringing into the city for the people to sell they have to be totally stripped of all that they're packed with so that they can get in and go through that gate. And they do that on purpose so that they can, you know, it's like taxing. They, yeah. we, You know, like the R S wants to know how much you're bringing in here or, <laughs> or the uh, tech, the people at the airports, we want to know what you got there. So uh, they do it on purpose so they would know what's coming in and they would be taxed or whatever. And that's what is called the eye of the needle, that gate. And so the same way with the camel needing all its stuff taken off of them, we, if we want to enter into this oneness with God, we need to be stripped of all that is controlling us and you know, so heavy burden us, burdening us. The forgiveness, mm-hmm. the letting go of that which is, you know, where we want another God in our life. Be yes. humbling yourself and, and saying, I can't do it. I need help. All these things are the things that need to be a part of your giving power to God to help you, to empower you. And the one thing you really need is the power of knowledge, yes. of true knowledge. That's what that truth was all about, Says you've got to have truth as part of your full armor. If you know... What, how God works in your life to give you the necessary graces and virtues and gifts to empower you with the Holy Spirit, how He intended it for you to have this fullness of life. If you have this knowledge, then you can implement the knowledge, and you can take the steps to become this person that's very, very empowered by the Holy Spirit and detached from the ways of the world. And that's what it's all going to boil down to. We're going to have to let go of our desires for the worldly possessions and the worldly entertainment and even the power that the world wants to give us but that is really not true power. I know you know what I'm talking about there. Hey, be not afraid. Mm-hmm. Because yes. I have been talking all this past hour about the, how the devil can sneak in in little bitty ways, or how humanly you cannot do things. But I do want you to know, be not afraid. Do not let fear control you, because if you are afraid of things that are going to happen to you, if I do this or if I don't do this, you become superstitious. This is all. You Do not be afraid. If you catch yourself being afraid again, Use the power of the Word of God. Use the power of faith. Use the power of music, good music. Use the power of action, doing something good and wonderful. Redirect yourself from that which is causing you negativity or fear or anxiety. Redirect yourself and go toward the light, (laughs) but the light of God, not the light of lies, the light of God in truth. And remember always, you are a special person, and you were created for a reason and a why. And there is, always remember that. Remember how special you are, and do not be discouraged. But know that by the power of God, you can do all things, too. And for the good of other, all mankind, and you can make a difference in this world. Would you go into that song? In California, this one's for you. The first line is, if you cross the barren desert, this one is for you. You are in my prayers because you really need them out there. I'm going to have to start praying really strongly for California and all the states of the United States because we're under attack big time, big time. All right, go ahead, Soli.
1: shall speak your words in foreign lands, and all will understand. You shall see the face of God and
2: Follow me, and I will give you rest. I will give you all that you need. All you have to do is ask. Just waiting, standing at the door.
0: Thank you. All right. Oh, thank you again. God bless you. God bless you too. God bless everybody who's been listening to this podcast. And this is uh it's me, God, with Elizabeth Thomas and Zolim Duran and Carl Kozlowski and Jake Bowman here at Radio Titans. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Until next week. Until next week. And y'all
2: have a good week. And you make it a good week. You choose to make it a good week.